The Damn Podcast is brought to you by the Influential Grooming Lounge. It's more than just a barbershop. It's where influencers elevate each other and the community meets. Welcome, everybody, into another episode of The Damn Podcast with your hosts, Marcus Greaves and Angie Machado. Angie, I'm going to get this out of the way before anything. The Damn Podcast is going to have a big guest in the next coming weeks. Are you ready, Angie? Okay, who... who, who... Besides, you know, me and you, who's joining us? Well, nobody. It's just us. No, I'm just playing. But uh, (laughs) uh, so it's going to be something different. It's going to be interesting. We're going to bring a duck on to the damn podcast. And before you guys like stop turning or before you guys turn this off, please don't. Because we got NFL Hall of Fame quarterback Dan Fouts. He's going to hop on the podcast. Yes. I, uh, I tried to work my magic. I don't really have much charm, but I tried to work my magic and sweet talk my way into having him hop on, and he agreed. He said he'd hop on. So, oh man, I mean, he might be a duck, but nobody knows college football like him. Yeah, so I think th- I think it'll actually be really cool because yeah, I got to sit fun. down and have lunch, and I don't drink beer. I don't at all, like I always tell you guys. But I had a beer with him because I couldn't look kind of you know soft. I was like, no, can I just have water? I couldn't do that. <laughs> So if you get a if you get a chance to have a beer with the NFL Hall of Fame QB, you, should you do it. Yeah, you do it. You just so, do it. Yeah. And so I did. And anyways, yeah, I had lunch. I got to sit down and have a beer with him too. It was really cool. Uh, I kind of told him about this podcast. He seemed really excited and really kind of into it. And so he was just telling me some stories about when he used to play at Oregon and what it was like playing against Oregon State. He had some uh, he had some funny stories. So um, he said he would hop on. I think. Maybe next week, the week after. I'm not really sure. But also, I know we were saying that we were going to have some uh, guests on, as in our listeners. And Angie, it's Matt. So, I don't want to butcher his last name. Chiafoni. 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 It's one of the two. Matt, you're going to have to correct us because I really am trying. Yes. But you are our first guest that's going to hop on as a listener. So, a listener, guest, and Dan Fouts. Holy- and Dan Fouts. That is awesome. And then the week after, we'll get Yogi Roth. What? Yeah, we're... Uh... Gosh, Marcus, we don't even have to do this pod. I mean, you, you just like <laughs> have all the good news like right at the beginning. <laughs> I know. I guess that's it. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> Angie, let's uh, let's flip it. We we should... Uh, or do you want to, I guess, go over no, the recruiting I mean, weekend? Stand out and Yogi Roth. I mean, I, I'm anxious to hear what Yogi has to say about um because we'll do it after after signing day i might mm-hmm. even come in the studio that day so i can jump on with you yes um and that way we can all we can have a we can talk to both of both of us can talk with him um but no that'll be awesome just because he follows the pac-12 and in general and knows the recruiting kind of landscape a little better than a lot of people do as a whole so that'll be fun but uh speaking of recruiting marcus this was a big recruiting weekend and you know i know last week we talked this class is basically full oregon state has has Pretty much, I, there's one spot left um, in this class, uh, or two spots left. But um, we'll, we can we can talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But um, two official visits for scholarships in James Rawls, who is the defensive end from Fullerton College, uh, who has committed to Oregon State, and then um, the top offensive line prospect remaining, Paul Mataveo Poyali. I think I'm saying his name right. I think you but, said it right. 
I, I, I hope so. The poly, I, I, I always say I think I have poly blood in me because it feels like home to me. But, um, <laughs> yes, blonde, blonde, Caucasian. Um, I do. I think I have poly in me. Anyway, um, those were the two official scholarship visitors. And then there were, um, you know, eight to ten walk-on candidates, preferred walk-on candidates. So um, they did pull a commitment this weekend in a preferred walk-on, but kind of a cool story. And I think you probably know the family, um, Cam Sanders mm-hmm. from Crescent Valley, Corvallis, um, committed to walk on at Oregon State, chose to walk on over scholarship offers from Penn and Portland State, Howard, um, Cornell wanted him to come out and visit this weekend. So obviously qualifying for Cam is not going to be an issue if he's got Penn and, and Cornell wanting him to, to visit. But um, his father, Scott, who's the head coach at Crescent Valley, played linebacker at Oregon State. His brother, Tanner, Gosh, played. I think he played, he played football, basketball, and baseball at Oregon State. He did. So, um, and I, you probably played with Tanner or I around did. that. Yeah, Tanner was my teammate. Tanner's my man. I, I really like Tanner. So great family, great Beaver. You know, I mean, and uh, and Cam. You know, he said he was, ever since I was. You know, he had, he posted a picture on social media of him as a little baby with his Go Beaver shirt on. So, um, a good a good story there. Um, preferred walk on just to give our listeners. I, I did this in the lodge or in a, in the story that I posted today, um, an interview with Cam. Um, but kind of just differentiating real quick about a preferred walk on and a regular walk on. Um, I don't even Marcus, you might not know all the the intricacies. So when you talk scholarships, Oregon State is allowed 85 total scholarships. And they're allowed to sign 25 initial counters per year. Um, so that's where we're, we're getting up to where Oregon State has two spots remaining. They've, they have 23 commitments um, or signees up to this point. So they have two spots for scholarships in the 2019 class. Then you look at preferred walk-ons. And preferred walk-ons, you're allowed 20 per year. And those, the difference between a preferred walk-on and a regular walk-on is those 20 are allowed to join the team in the summer, and they take part in fall camp when you're only allowed 105 total players. So um, fall camp is made up of 85 scholarship and 20 preferred walk-on candidates. After the first game or when, if school starts, so Oregon State school starts after the first game, so it's the first game. Some programs, school starts in August, so that comes first. Um, then you can have the rest of your walk-ons join, and there's really no cap cap on that. But those are more like the school tryouts or um, other guys that you want to be on the team. So um, KM is taking one of those preferred walk-on spots, one of the 20, and uh, we'll be here this summer. All right. Well, look at that. That's some good news. So, yeah, I mean, it's, there, were, there were several. You know, I know one um, that's been kind of a hot, hot topic is, is a kicker, the kicker out of Clackamas. Um, Jeffrey Nelson, uh, he was on campus. He tells me that really he's he loves Oregon State. He wants to be a Beeve. He's just waiting to see if he can get accepted into school. Um, so he's applied to Oregon State and just needs to be accepted there. Um, so that that looks good. And another visitor, I think, our list, or another visitor from this weekend, preferred walk on that I think our listeners would, would kind of remember. Her name is Jack Harlow. So Jack is the younger brother of Sean Harlow. Oh no way. The really? Falcons. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, Sean is my dude. I'm sorry, I didn't mean yeah, to interrupt, Sean, but that Sean's that's exciting. Little brother Jack was on campus this weekend. I checked in with him yesterday, and um, no scholarship offers for him. He's a little undersized. When I when I spoke with Greg Biggins about him, he said, you know, great technique, great player. I mean, he has great bloodlines. Dad played in the NFL. You know, Sean plays in the NFL. Um, just a little undersized. So he's an offensive lineman in that six one, kind of six foot six one range. So. Um, 
really kind of a center, I think, would be where he would project, but um, great technique. So he is actually has preferred walk-on spots to Colorado State, Oregon State, Utah, and UC Davis. So he told me yesterday he will be visiting Colorado State this next weekend, and then we'll make up his, make his decision. All right. Well, hopefully we could get him <laughs> because if it's anything, if he plays anything like Sean, I uh, I really would like him to be in a Oregon State uniform because Sean was a freak. Like, yeah, yeah. Bi- like big time, and he was like, oh my goodness, he was just an animal. And if there was one dude I was ready to run behind, it was him for sure. Yeah, great one, great one. So, um, no, I, I just thought the fans would, the listeners would like to uh, hear kind of kind of who was here. There was a lot of in-state Oregon kids um, that were also here looking at, you know, preferred walk-on opportunities. And uh, then, yeah, we are seriously, what, 10 days out, signing yeah. day of February 6th. Dang. Angie, that's going to be that's gonna be exciting. I, I want to know, and I, and I think we've kind of hit this a little bit, and so I don't want to kind of reopen a wound at all and anything like that. I don't even know if, it, if you can consider it a wound, but I just want to know personally because I know sometimes when, you know, sometimes we can be maybe too positive, sometimes we can be too negative, whatever that may be. Just, you know, overall your thoughts on this class. Like, do you think these guys are going to come in and – because I know a lot of the times when you see kind of stuff like this is, you know, you see some classes and, yeah, you can go by the stars, whatever you want. Some people do, some people don't. Um, Like we were saying last pod, it's all about development. But I just think – you know, the biggest thing that I take away from a class is which guys can come in and instantly make an impact. So I'm not asking you to individually kind of give us each player, but just in general, do you think this class has guys that are going to come in and make an impact and could really, you know, honestly, truly come in and, you know, lay another foundation or, or at least push the, the program in the direction that it needs to go? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, you know, brings up a good point too. You know, I've heard people kind of poo-poo this class as being, you know, a full of a bunch of three stars and just, first of all, Oregon State did have a, a bump on was it Thursday, I guess, maybe Friday. Um, Luke Musgrave, the, um, from Bend, the tight end from Bend, 24-7 actually bumped him up to a four-star and he is the number two ranked player in the state of Oregon. Wow. So it's huge, right? So, um, it, now you'll go to 24-7 and you'll look at his rankings and his composite ranking remains a three because the other services that fall into place with, um, you know, ranking for the composites, really they not reevaluate it, these guys, and uh, probably won't. So, um, but as far as 24-7, which I, maybe I'm biased, but I do feel that 24-7 has the best analysts and evaluators anywhere. I mean, we have, tw- we have three just on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So um, with Brandon Huffman, Greg Biggins, and Blair Angulo, they, they get out, they watch these guys, they are there, um, you know, they, they see them in action. It's not just looking at their, um, you know, 40 times and, and giving them a ranking. So yeah. um, really solid, really solid there for, for Luke Musgrave to get bumped up. He's the number two prospect in the entire state and a four star. So um, that's big, but you look at this class and really there are, I mean, I, I know I've talked about this before, but this is a class are all qualifiers. I have never seen that. I've done this 12 years now, Marcus, and I've never seen a class that you weren't sitting there with one or two guys saying, yeah, he's got some work to do. 
in, mm-hmm. in the grades or test score. So um, they're all qualifiers. They, they're excited to be here. They're excited to come in and work hard, take jobs. But you look, you've done all the film breakdowns, Marcus. You know, too. I mean, Jordan Whitley, yeah. the defensive tackle from Laney College. Oh, yeah. Wow. He's legit. I mean, that guy is complete legit. Um, gosh, those the four transfers. I mean, they are going to be pushing for jobs immediately. Um, but Avery Roberts, the linebacker, um, Tristan Jebbia, Tyjon Lindsay. I mean, the, the names are there, and I think people kind of forget about those guys. A- another one I, I think will really come in and make a difference is Evan Bennett. Mm-hmm. He's in school right now. He's a defensive tackle that played at Matter Day. Um, won a state championship with with them this year, and um, you know, big kid. I think he's already three fifteen, so um, he's got the size now. He's in winter is winter conditioning, so he's made that transition from high school already. Um, I expect big things from him as well. Yeah, I I do too. I just it's always weird too because a lot like I always say, the stars have and Angie. I mean, like like we've talked about earlier in the pod, like a couple months ago. I mean, the stars aren't always wrong, right? It's not like you know, they, they, they're they there for a reason. I mean, they... Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why those five stars at, yeah. at Alabama and Clemson are, yeah, are five stars. Yeah, yeah and exactly. So I'll definitely give that, and I, I understand completely, but uh, it's just always interesting because, like we were saying last time, it, it's a lot about development, and if the players want to get better, they're going to get better, and that's why we say there's plenty of people that you see all around the country that, you know, they're, they're these top-rated guys going into USC, these Oregons, these Alabamas, these Clemsons, and, you know, granted, Alabama and Clemson, you know, you're playing with the best of the best, all-time best of the best, but, you know, you see, a lot of these guys who are highly rated, it's, and they go into college, and then they get there, and they're like, wow, this isn't what I expected, right? Like, I, I thought my talent was going to take me farther than it has, and so that's why I never go off it because I just like, you know, don't get me wrong. If someone's talented and they're a freak athlete, then they're a freak athlete. But to get to be elite player at Division One, elite player, to even be considered to go into the NFL, I mean, you have to – your talent will only take you so far. At some point, yeah. you have to put your head down to work. And I think breaking down the film, seeing how these guys talk, how they carry themselves, there's a chip on these guys' shoulder that, that the class at Oregon State has – but that's a good thing because then they're going to want to work harder and they're going to put their head down and grind. And, you know, the expectations, who knows for this season? You really don't know yet because some pieces are coming together. There's still some questions about the defense. But overall, I'm feeling pretty good. And I know we said that in this last offseason was that we were feeling pretty good about it. And obviously the, the wins didn't come. But a lot of people would argue with me. I know even Brandon Sprague here at the studio will argue with me that that you know, Coach Smith didn't do a good job, and we've gone back and forth for oh, I don't know, <laughs> months about it. Months? But yeah, but I just see it as if the players buy in, if the players are getting better individually, and maybe, and, and that's what people don't get. It's not going to be in every game. Like every game you go out there, you're going to be like, okay, that's that next step. Okay, that's that next step. Okay, there's another next step. It's not that easy. It's really not. It's Okay, just like with that wheel route that I preach about and it makes me want to rip out the rest of my hair, that until we see things like that, they're going to be the same. But you can see that there's some changes. The offense has changed. They're getting players who are buying into the program because there's no reason why. Oregon. I don't know if Oregon State has ever got four highly rated transfers like that, like they did this offseason. No, no never. not never. And so people are seeing the vision and they're understanding like, okay, well, this team can be good. 
I can come here, I can be productive right away, but still we're like they see the vision. That's what I'm trying to hit is that they yeah. see that it's it's an uphill battle, but it's going a lot better than a lot of people would think because don't get me wrong, you could it, these guys could transfer really basically anywhere and play. And so that's why you have to look at it like, okay, but why did they choose Oregon State? Because they believe in the program, they understand that Okay, they're struggling right now, but if they come in, that they're going to help it right away, and they truly believe that they can win here, and that's what you're doing because yeah. nobody likes to lose at all. No. I hate losing. I hate losing at chess. I played my girlfriend in Jenga the other day, and I almost broke up with her because I lost. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I, I have the do same that. way. I don't even let my, my – you know, some people let little kids win, and not that I'm, like, cutthroat, but I'm like, no, no, we're not playing Candyland. Just oh, Angie, to, I'm know. cutthroat. I, I Yeah, I mean <laughs> – People are like, you didn't let your kids, you didn't like cheat to let your kids win at Candyland. I'm like, oh, hell no. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. Everything I'm won, trying to it's win. Fair and square. Yeah. <laughs> but that, I, I just, I just wanted to say that before anything is that there's so much, I think, on everybody else's opinion and everyone else's, you know, outlook on these players. And then when they get to college and if they do really good, people are like, well, yeah, I, like that's pretty good. Or if they do bad, they're like, I told you so. Yeah. And it's, yeah. and that it just drives me crazy and there's just I just always look at it like Washington State and I look at it like Cal because Cal has not been, you know, very good the past couple seasons, but you could see that they you had could tell some, that they're getting better. Yeah, they're way but their defense is is yeah. phenomenal. And so that's what I'm saying like or, who knows if it's Oregon State's defense or Oregon State's offense regardless, if one of them gets to a point where you're like, "Wow, this is a this is a good offense." Like this is a great offense this is an elite offense, whatever they, whatever, you know, benchmark they hit, but it's coming and it will, it will happen. It's just, I mean, it just takes time and it takes development. And let's be honest, coach Smith wasn't handed an easy job. Like you if know. anyone thinks that you could come in and instantly flip the switch with what the last staff left him, then you guys are crazy. I just had to say that, that was my rant. That was, that was Marcus's rant for the, no. And I, I think that's important that, you know, this, what I just have a question for you, Marcus. Then what? I know this is super early. I mean, mm-hmm. we are you know nine months out from the season. But in your mind, besides seeing growth and and development each and every game, like what is a, a mar- I mean, where will you? Is it four wins? Is it six wins? I mean, where are you going to say like if they can hit four wins or if they can hit five wins or they have to hit ten wins? I mean, where are you going to say that is a successful season for for year two? Well, I mean, don't get me wrong, wins alone are going to make me happy (laughs) they really will and I'm not it's hard for me to put a benchmark on it because you know like you said Angie it's super early but I mean let's be realistic you win four to five games and that's you know that's a at the end of the day yeah you don't go to a bowl game but if you're looking at you're like okay you know they that obviously means they had to beat someone in the Pac-12 right and so um I would say maybe four wins maybe five but it's just it's hard when you look at the schedule because you're like, okay, these guys are pretty good. These guys aren't. This game isn't a, a gimme game, but that's what you want. You want dog fights for your players because, yeah, even if you know this upcoming senior class doesn't go out how they want to, okay, like we appreciate everything you guys have done, everything like that. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's it's nothing, but then that next season, those young players have already been in these dog fights, so then they understand. <laughs> that's how it is, and. I, I sometimes just don't think people really understand, like, it's not that easy to win a college football game, and it's not that easy to coach 
I don't know, 85, 90 kids into being great football players. But I don't know, Angie. Maybe I'm crazy for thinking that. No, no. <laughs> maybe I, I'm, maybe I'm, I'll get some backlash. I'm kind, of in that, I'm kind of in that four or five win kind of idea, too. I mean, like I said, it's too early to really say, but it would be not. I mean, obviously, I think everyone would love to see them, you know, win out, but it's not realistic. But yeah. I, I, just, I was just curious, you know. I mean, Beaver Nation struggled through several, what, we're five years now, six years? Um that is no, you know, and I, I don't, like I said, bowl game, probably not this year, but um, just to see some, some growth is, mm-hmm. is huge. Um, yeah. Before we, we switch over to questions, I did want to just give a quick kind of rundown because I know recruiting with this whole early signing period, it's not like years past where everybody signs on February 6th and we know kind of where we're at. So right now, like I, I mentioned, there's two spots available. Um, the offensive line target is um, Paul. Mataveo Poyali'i, offensive lineman from Daly City. Um, they're also looking at a safety, and Oregon State would like to take a safety with that second spot. Top target is Achille Arnold, and that name might sound familiar to you guys. He was actually being recruited, took a visit in October. Um, he's from Mission Viejo. Um, had kind of, it, It's been a kind of a strange recruitment for him in that all along, he thought he was going to go to Arizona State. Then Arizona State filled up and asked him to blue shirt, which is similar. It's They don't, like, officially recruit you. Technically, like, you don't take an official visit, but then you just show up and you're part of the team in fall, fall camp. Um, kind of a gray shirt. Kind of a gray shirt deal. But, um, you know, then you're putting trust that they're going to honor that, right? So um, he ended up committing to Utah State. And did not sign in December. Wanted to keep his options open. So um, some things opened up. They had told Oregon State had told him they needed to focus on linemen. Now um, that they've gotten some linemen in there, they have one spot and they really want him. So um, I feel good that Oregon State will be able to flip him from Utah State. But um, he's been pretty quiet after uh, having an in-home last week with Coach Petrie. All right. But that's kind of where we're at. If um, things don't go as planned with Paul Mataveo Poyali'i, who will be visiting um, Kansas this week. He's going to check out Les Miles' new program at Kansas. Um, and then Fresno State's in the mix there, and Baylor are in Colorado. Those are the, the other schools in the mix. Um, and look for Oregon State to move on Anchorage, Alaska offensive lineman Thomas Seo, who is planning to visit on the 2nd. So there, there's your rundown. All right, Angie, that was a good rundown. You know, before we go to the questions, I just have to give you a little shout out because you've been really killing these names. I can't even I can't even say Matt <laughs> Matt Safoni Safoni or Paul. I remember this one. It was Paul Aiken. So shout yes, out to Paul you, Paul Aiken and Matt Safoni, because I now think I know how to say your name, but. Angie, when I first started doing this pod, I, I was struggling big time with the names. <laughs> okay, and I and I hate butchering names too, but I think everybody realizes we're not trying to butcher names. So always reach out to us on Twitter and say, dude, it's not how you say my name. <laughs> All right, Angie, is it time for us to do some questions? It is. And, and Marcus, I have a feeling you have probably had your name butchered too. Uh, Marcus Graves, Marcus Oh, Graves. yeah, Graves, Greaves, Heaves. Beeves. Oh, and Machado, don't even try to. I mean, I've been called McAdoo, Machado. Um, yeah, I, McAdoo is a good one. I was going to say, I pre, I'm pretty sure when I first saw you on Twitter, I was like, Angie McAdoo. Okay. McAdoo, yeah, Angie <laughs> McAdoo. Anyways, Angie, you ready for some questions? 
Damn Questions are brought to you by Body of Health Chiropractic and Wellness Center. Dr. Jason Young has been the chiropractor for Oregon State Athletics since 2011. Go to yourbodyofhealth.com for more information. Let's do some questions. We have some questions on from the Lodge at Beaver Blitz today. Um, so let's see, Quasimodo14 asks, he, first of all, he says this is the best day of the week. He loves damn, damn podcast day and Quasimodo14. We love it too. So Thank, thank you. Listening. We appreciate that. Um, and he just wanted to know how the official visits for everybody went this weekend. So I think we kind of talked about that. Um, I did one little piece that one of the guys I spoke with, um, I asked him, I said, you know, I said, how did the other unofficial guys, you know, did you, and he said it was, it was actually Cam Sanders. And he said, it was awesome. You know, he goes, they, coach Smith has done a really good job of making the walk-ons feel like they matter and they're important. So, um, and he said a lot of the guys he spoke with were excited about what they were seeing. So we'll wait and see on that. Um, here's Matt. Matt Chiffoni has a whole slew of questions. So all he right. said, with all the preferred walk-ons visiting this weekend, it got me thinking, would it would it the modern athlete rather walk on at a Power 5 school or get a scholly at an FCS school? This is a good question for you. Ooh, that's a good question. Okay, so – I'm going to go off my experience because I think I was, in a way, in the same boat. I had a lot of preferred walk-ons at, you know, I had Washington State, I had Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Boise State, Cal, and I think that was it. And May, yeah, I think that was it. Something like that. Anyways. Then you had offers. Yeah, and then I had, you know, like full rides to, uh, you know, Portland State's, Eastern Washington's. Um, where else? Western Oregon, places like that. But I'm just going off my experience again before I even say anything. But for me, it was walking on at a big time place just because Coach Riley promised me a scholarship, and so that's how that's why I was like, okay, yeah. And he was just saying it's a numbers game right now. He's like, but seriously, you know, I had I had him in my house, I had Coach Banker in my house, and I think I had Coach Brennan too. And so those three came to my house. And so I was like, okay, well, they're being serious. You know, if the head coach, you know, the defensive coordinator and the wide receiver coach are in my house, then, you know, they, they probably do want me. So um, that, that was off my experience. It's all, I would say it's for these players now, a lot of it, unfortunately, is like social media because Cal had, and I'm not trying to get off topic, but Cal has a really good defensive backs coach. I can never, I think his name's Coach Alexander. And I followed him on Twitter because I was like, goodness, this guy preaches every single time uh, he tweets anything. Because he was saying now is when he's recruiting players, it's almost like he's not looking at their film. He wants to know who they are as a person. And so, like, obviously your film is not going to lie. Like, if you're a good player, you're a good player. But uh, he's just saying now it's more of these these guys are giving up these full rides just for, you know, a little more publicity and, and more retweets more likes on twitter uh stuff like that and i was thinking i was like that's crazy no one would ever do that but you really look at it now and it's unless you truly love a place you know a d1 place there's no reason why you should be giving up these full rides unless i don't know if the situation these situations are like mine i don't know but if i just think nowadays it's more of publicity and hey i'd rather go somewhere where i don't know if i'm going to play but as long as I get the jersey and I'm on a Division One team compared to I could go somewhere a little smaller and be the man, right, and and really play and a lot. Back, it all circles back to being a cool kid. It all circles back. I'm telling you. 
it's crazy. No, it, it really is. And is. I, I know yeah. for a fact that I, I have I have been there before where I'm like, I want to be the cool guy, you know, everything like that. That's why I'm being honest with you guys, because if I was lying, I would say I, I've never done that. But it really does circle back to things like that. And it's almost less opportunity now and it's more publicity. So that's what that's what I would say. Angie, if you disagree, you can certainly say it. But no, I, I, just, I think I it's a great. It. That's a great, great question for you because I mean, obviously, I'm not a D1 athlete. You got nothing know. to go off. And I'm not a cool kid. I told Marcus off the air. I, we were laughing that basically, I'm. I don't even try to be cool anymore. I'm just old. <laughs> Angie, Angie, you're cool. Come on. <laughs> I, I we we have differing ideas probably of what cool is, but <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at. Um, okay, so um, Matt also asked about Coach Adams and his recruiting area. So he was actually confirmed. You know, we talked about it, I think, last week that that was we were expecting Blue Adams to be named the DB coach. Um, he will be recruiting the L.A. area. And um, probably, like I said, if, if he has a guy or a connection in Florida or Georgia, then they can rely on, on those kind of one-offs. But he'll be doing some L.A. recruiting. Um, and then he also asked about Oregon State's chances on landing a four-star quarterback this cycle. For 20, 2019, it's not happening. So, I mean, you got your four-star for the 2019 cycle with Tristan Jebbia. He was a four-star out of high school. But 2020 is what I think you're referring to. And, you know, Oregon State's actually been throwing out a ton of offers over the past, like, week uh, to quarterbacks. So, obviously, that is a huge priority with the 2020 class is getting a prep quarterback. Um, uh, you know, the latest offer was to Shane Illingworth out of Norco. He is a four-star. You know, he has offers from everybody. I, I don't know about that. But uh, right now, most of the quarterback offers are, are three-star guys. And could that change? Absolutely. Um, they are, you know, coming off their junior seasons. But um, there's lots of offers out there. I know Ethan Garbers is one that they're they're looking at closely, whose brother plays as Cal's quarterback. Um so he's one that kind of keep an eye on. Like I said, Shane Illingworth just got an offer. Jaden Casey from Calabasas, a Fresno State commit, just picked up an Oregon State offer. But again, he's he knows Tristan Jebbia. They played they played together. So um, lots of guys on on the horizon. And this is I've really kind of shifted gears into 2020 now, looking ahead for recruiting. So Beaver Blitz did just release our top 12 early 2020 watch list. We have a free version, which is more of a list, and then we have our VIP version, which if you haven't checked it out and you're a member of Beaver Blitz, you need to go check it out because there's 12 guys, and Adam and Lucas both break down, A, their chances, who else is looking at them. They've spoken to these guys, and um, it's a great, great look to get you guys ready for the 2020 recruiting class, which will is starting now. All right. Let's see. More damn questions. What do we got here? Um, okay, so Black Bandit says it may be my orange-colored glasses, but it seems the quality of preferred walk-ons being offered and the focus and detail in picking them, especially the Oregon kids, is at a much higher level than in recent times. Seems like Jonathan Smith wants to improve the quality from top to bottom on our scout team and third-string guys. What do you guys think of the preferred walk-ons, and can you see any strategy method to who the coach is going after? They are. I mean, they are definitely being methodical on this. Yes. And looking for guys, like especially kicker, long snapper. Dylan Black was a long snapper from Reno who was on campus this weekend. 
those type, those special teams guys are guys that you do. You offer a preferred walk-on with a chance to earn a scholarship. So um, they're being very methodical in some of those. But you're right. I mean, a lot of times preferred walk-ons aren't going to play in a game or they'll be, play special teams. But you need that depth mm-hmm. for the scout team because, um, you know, going against guys that don't have the speed or the size that you're going to go up against is nothing to help, you know, help get you ready. Yeah. Uh, Angie, I just want to pitch in with that is, I'm not going to say any names, but there were certainly guys, and that that I don't want to say that goes back to being the cool guy by any means, but there was plenty of guys that with the last staff, I remember I watched like their their walk uh, walk on tryout, and I'm not bashing any players. I'm saying the way that the coaches picked their guys because there were a handful of players when I watched, I was like, oh my goodness, I was like, this guy's pretty good. Like we could we could really use this guy. I think he would be you know solid for the team. They were like, nah, he's not good enough. But then you, you know, then they brought on some people who, you know, uh, just to break it down as simple as it gets, say you're a running back, they couldn't jump cut or they didn't know how to spin move or something like that. And it's like, you can't expect to, you know, be super successful because walk-ons matter. They really do for scout team, especially like if you got guys who are not challenging a defense by any, like at all, then your defense isn't going to get any better. That's why, you know, all of us running backs, we loved we loved to watch. And Angie, you would remember him, Kieran Yancey, yeah, in, in scout yeah. team because he wasn't big. He was like five six, but the dude ran like Reggie Bush. Like he was just, and he would he was breaking every single starter's ankles on defense, and he got the defensive guys a lot better. So when we played someone like JJ Taylor, my last season, the season where we beat Arizona at home by like fifty. J.J. Taylor played just like Yancey. And so the guys yeah, understood right. how to tackle him and understood how to play him and come in with certain leverage. And so that's why I'm saying they have to pick these guys that are really going to help the program rather than guys who just want to be there to get a jersey and, and be cool, right? That's a that's a really big you know, issue that we had with the last coaching staff and the last roster that we had. Yeah, no, it's. It's so true. You know, the, the, you want your, you want top to bottom to be strong. You do. So, um, okay. So, well, we have Columbia County one ask about major donors. Who are the major donors to the athletic department besides the research? And are there any major donors in the background um, that might be in waiting for positive signs of success? Okay. We're not, I'm not going to go out and just start throwing out who the big donors are because if they want to be known, they will be known. But, um, no, I, I think the, the support has been there. It's not like um, Oregon State does not have the boosters or the success, you know. But, um, you know, it's just a matter of, of winning, too, because it, it's harder to get. You know, for, for the West Side Stadium expansion, for example, it, it's too big of a project to rely on your big donors. So um, you're going to need everyday fan to step on board. And, and right now, Oregon State doesn't have the support they need for that. Mm-hmm. Win some games. It all comes back to winning. And then the last question is Steve 27. It says, it seems like we regularly read visits went quote really well. Do recruits, coaches or families ever express visits that didn't go well, or is that kept to themselves? Also what tends to cause a visit not to go well? Um, You know, typically if a visit doesn't go well, the kids aren't talking about it. You know, they're not granting interviews to say, Oh my God, that visit sucked. Um, They just don't say anything. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's times that visits don't go, you know, everything doesn't go as planned. There's been times that visits, like, airline, you know, the, the um, 
plane was canceled or um, maybe they didn't. This is where, you know, the recruiting guys have to, to be so good in finding hosts that are good fits for guys. Or, um, you know, there's been guys they've hosted that really are homebodies and don't want to go out or and not, not go out like go out to party. Just, they just don't fit. They don't want to do click. anything. Yeah, or they, you know, they, don't just, they just don't click with the guys. And, and I mean, it's, you, you look at this, and recruiting trips aren't just a sell, sell, sell to the recruit. It's, a, it's really an interview for, you know, how do, how do we fit you and your needs, and, and how do you fit our needs? So it's, mm-hmm. a, it's, a, it's a two-way street. You bring in a guy who isn't going to mesh well with the current team or the coaches, it's going to, you know, it might not, it, it might be still a good trip, but you're not going to see more follow-up after that. Um, I've heard some, the funny thing is, so I've been around, you know, we're going to say quite a while. And so this is before I was doing this job. There was a story about a kid and I don't even remember who it is now. It was probably about 2001, 2002. Um, but a kid visited and, um, you know, they, they let him do pictures with the jerseys and things. And, um, so after the recruiting or after before they were going to the airport, one of the jerseys was missing and recruits aren't allowed to take anything with them. Right. Or they can't gift them things and, <laughs> and vice versa. So the jersey's missing and they ask, the, you know, there's only like three recruits on campus that weekend and they, they ask them and all the kids are like, nope, I haven't seen it. Don't have it. And uh, so one of the recruiting secretaries was asked to go through the three backpacks or whatever before they went to the airport and find the jersey and get it. So recruiting secretary goes through, finds the jersey. Not only does she find the jersey, but a um, pipe and some weed falls out of the bag too. Oh no. Needless to say, not that that, you know, they got the jersey, put it back and that kid was not recruited any, any longer. By My goodness. Anyway. So, I mean, that, in my opinion, would be a bad recruiting visit. But I, I'm sure the kid had a, a good time. But just those are the kind of things that happen. And um, But, yeah, those kids aren't going to, you know, you're not going to call that kid up and he'll be like, I, t- I took a jersey and when I got home it was out of my bag. I mean, that's not, you know, you don't hear about that kind of stuff. So, yeah. you know, you can tell when you talk to these guys. I mean, you have the canned answers of, it was really great. And then you have the, yeah, it was good. You know, I'm still going to take a couple trips and, you know, See, see what's out there. So mm-hmm. not necessarily that doesn't mean the kid won't commit to Oregon State. But, you know, like I said, you can you can tell the guys that just had an amazing time and this is they know the place for them and guys that maybe want to keep looking. Mm-hmm. Wow. Angie, I didn't even know that story <laughs> at all. <laughs> sometimes, I have some, sometimes I have good stories. How, can, how could someone do that? I know, right? I mean, but better find it out then before the, you know, before you keep recruiting the, the kid and have trouble down the road. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Well, Angie, you have any more questions? No, that's it. But hey, you know what? I know this isn't typical, but Super Bowl is Sunday. Super Bowl is Sunday. I Who am we a... root for? <sighs> are you a Tom Brady fan or are you going with the, the Beavs in the NFL and, and going with Johnny Hecker and, and Sean Mannion and, and crew? Uh okay. So I really 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 want the Rams to win because the Beavs, they're the Rams, like they're the new upcoming kind of cool team. I'm not saying they're the I'm cool a ba- kids. not saying I'm a bandwagon fan at all because I certainly am. I've been a huge Rams fan for about 6 months now, but <laughs> uh 
I, I just can't go – I can't vote against Tom Brady because he's so good. He is. And if it comes down to – I always look at it as experience – and this is and Dan Fouts actually said this is one of the topics he wants to talk about when he comes on the podcast. But um, he's gonna give us a full like NFL Network breakdown, so that will be cool. Nice. But uh, he, I, I don't know. I just can't go against Tom Brady. He's been there too many times, and I think his team is a lot better than a lot of people think. And I'm not too impressed with the Rams' defense, to be honest. It's it's. I mean, I guess it saved them the game with a pass interference that wasn't called, but. I that was bad. I'm still I'm still gonna say the Rams though. Angie, who do you got? I'm going Rams, but see, I I don't I don't have a team necessarily. I just I don't have time to watch NFL football usually on Sundays, mm-hmm. so I try to just I I cheer for the the guys that we know. So you know I've covered uh, I know John Johnny Hecker and uh, Brandon Cooks better than Sean Mannion, but I've covered all of them and let's bring let's get that Super Bowl ring. All right, Go let's Rams. get them that Super Bowl ring. That's what I like to hear. Uh, Angie, do you want to add anything else before we go? No, but you know, signing day is coming up. We'll be back next week. Um, maybe we'll have some new news. Like I said, two two spots and then some walk on spots left to fill. So we might have some some updates there. And as we get ready for signing day, perfect. Which is All right, always a big day. Yes, it is. And Matt Safoni will be on the next damn podcast. And then I think the week after that. We'll get Dan Fouts. And then the week after that, if I didn't already say it, we got Yogi Roth. Oh, my gosh, Marcus. You are killing it. So this we, is all Marcus is doing, guys. So he's he's killing it. We're just trying to make it more enjoyable because I'm guessing after a couple times of listening to me say basically the same thing, it could get old. I'm just kidding. I hope I don't say the same thing. If I do, just tell me, Angie. But uh, all right. Well, do we have anything else? Nothing else, Angie? Nope. This is it. So let's... Uh... Let's uh, finish this recruiting season off strong, and maybe we'll have some more 2020 updates for you guys next week as well. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of The Dan Podcast with your hosts, Marcus Greaves and Angie Machado. We'll be back next week on Monday.